Campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am your host, the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Come yeah. on, Hi. What a strange We are joined today in the Student Union with a second chancellor. Who could this be? It is Pastor William Chancellor Whedon, the Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. How are you doing today, Will? I'm good. I'm a real chancellor, unlike some other people we can name, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's been everybody. He's been just waiting to say this. You're going to have a real chancellor on the program now. It is true. That's right. LCMSU is not a real university, and I am not a real chancellor. I am a fake chancellor of a fake university. But your actual middle name is Chancellor. So I'm named after my grandfather, who is uh, Chancellor Barbara Whedon. And literally 98 years ago, on the day that we are, that you are listening to this, if you're listening on Valentine's Day, 98 years ago, my grandfather married my grandmother. And it was her birthday, and he, he, he got married to her that year. And much later that year, in December, my father was born, the first, their first child. So um, it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating Valentine's Day and my grandmother's birthday and my grandparents' anniversary, and I get to do it with this fake chancellor, all about the real chancellor. <laughs> oh, you've got me stunned. I'm flummoxed. I'm not sure where to go from there. Now, was, was your grandfather kind of cheap, and so he got married on Valentine's Day and your grandmother's birthday, so he only had to get one set of gifts each year? You know, I bet it never even occurred to him because I get the feeling that that was just like not on their radar screen. I mean, well, be careful. I do have some a whole collection of these postcards that people used to send with nothing on them, you know. And uh, my my grandmother does. She had her collection of uh, of, of uh, Valentine's Day postcards. I noticed none of them were from him, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, that is that... he just wasn't that kind of a guy. Well. Actually, now, so Chancellor kind of runs in the family. Are there other little Chancellors running around out there right now? There are. It, it seems to skip a, uh, a a generation each time. So uh, I, I don't have any grandchildren who are Chancellors yet. But my uh, brother, my oldest brother, has a, uh, a grandson who is named Chancellor Whedon. And uh, my, uh, my uh, sister's uh, uh, son has a uh, a grandson andrew chancellor his last name is cook but uh yeah in the same family and they're actually still my sister's uh grandson still lives on the same land that chancellor barber lived on back then so yeah big big family thing and i i like i love to tell this because it's just so bizarre is that <laughs> he was 40 when he got he was 40 when he got married wow and my dad was 40 when he had me wow. so he, and and this guy it was chancellor was like at the tail end of his family. So his father was actually born in the 1830s. So my, my dad's grandfather was in the 1830s. 
Go figure. Wow. It, it just is and amazing. This is where? Where did, where did your uh, kinfolk hail from? Well, in the Old Dominion. I thought you knew that. Well, I'm just I'm asking for the sake of good radio. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Virginia. The Old Dominion of Virginia. You got kinfolk. Now you got some family in, in North Carolina, too. Right. I used I used to. Okay. Yeah, my I, I used to have a daughter and uh, and and son-in-law. He was a pastor there, but he's recently taken a call up to Wisconsin. So he now lives. Wow, he lives two hours north of the interstate. You leave the interstate and you drive into the woods for two hours, okay. and that's where they are. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like everywhere out west where I've always been, whether it was Montana, Wyoming, or New Mexico. So, well, great to have you on. You are you serve as the director of worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. You also serve as the chaplain at the IC. What what all kind of duties, especially for the sake of our college students out there? What kind of duties do you? What what kind of defines what you do at the IC? Oh, you know, it, it depends on the day. Uh, it's just really a bizarre kind of a, a of a position, and I'm really happy to have it because it's so uh, everything changes. Bizarre all the time. fits you well. I, yeah, yeah, thank it, you. It does, it does. I meant that, I meant that as a compliment. I, uh, I, I, I host a daily radio show called Thy Strong Word on it KFUO. Is ex- it is excellent. You should all listen to it if you haven't. Well, thank you. And, and of course, that means you should be a guest on my show. And I, I, don't I haven't been, been a guest time. on your show yet. But uh, now you're going to have well, leverage ever, on me. Huh? Now you're going to have leverage on Well, we got to fix that. Yeah. Um, and and uh, aside from that, the, uh, the, the, the worship stuff uh, – keeps us really busy around here and we it's really hard to sort out what's worship what's chaplain stuff the chapel the chaplain is in charge of the chapel services and also any other uh spiritual needs that arise in the building uh you know people going through bad times administer the community chests tons of stuff like that and then uh community chest being something that the the people who are employees here at the ic they fund themselves to help out brothers and sisters in difficult times it's a really neat thing modeled on luther's community chest from wittenberg yeah it's a wonderful and thing then too. um yeah so i mean it, it, depending on the day they're do, doing all different kinds of stuff and for worship of course we uh sponsor the um the the prayers that most people you probably hear in their churches on sunday let us pray um and similarly the lectionary summaries they might read in their bulletins and uh take care of uh the institute every three years and take care of worship for any big synodical gatherings like the Synod convention coming up next year and like when we've had our lcmsu gatherings um you've always kind of signed off looked over and in some cases kind of uh, given suggestions and whatnot for our own worship practices for the prayer offices and whatnot so you keep you keep right, busy right. of course you have a deaconess that does everything right 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 i just <laughs> try to sit back in my office and drink tea and think about what what, what can i get sandy to do today no but a shout out to sandy you have a wonderful a wonderful helper uh, to do all this kind of stuff well thank you for being with us today will um and uh the reason why i thought about having you on today is because it's this weird confluence of it's ash wednesday but yet it's also valentine's day and i want to kind of kind of juxtapose these a little bit but first tell us just a little thumbnail sketch about ash wednesday and why should why should all everybody out there in campus ministry land lcmsu nation why should they get their butts to church tonight well it's really weird you come to church and you hear this reading from the gospel about down don't make marks on your face to show people you're fasting. And then people line up and receive ashes on their head. And people are like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. What is what is going on with that? Isn't that just 
doing the exact opposite of what Jesus said? Well, it's worthwhile to pay attention to the words that go with the ashes, because this is really at the heart of it. The ashes are smeared on the head in the shape of a cross with the words, Remember, O man, that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The ashes don't show anybody that you're fasting. Who knows if you're fasting? The ashes show people... Dude, I'm dying. You too. That's what the ashes show. We're dying. We are dead men walking. The ashes come go on with those words from the very first day when when we lost our true home. And that's the moment when death really begins in us, when when we are separated from the the home that the Father had planned and intended for us, and we chose something else, and we began a long exile. But the ashes are on the shape in the shape of a cross to remind us of him who became dust and ashes for us, who went to the cross and did it to open up the way for us to come home. So the big cry of Lent, which you hear over and over again on Ash Wednesday, is return, return, come home, come home. There is a welcome for you. There is a place prepared. The Father has has prepared this for you. And you're going to do this weird coming home even through death. You're going to die if the Lord Jesus doesn't come first. But your death is not going to be the end of you. Instead, because of the cross of Christ, it's going to be the means by which you actually enter into the home God's prepared for you in Christ. Well, excellent. Now, why uh, why is Ash Wednesday the uh, the starting point for uh, for Lent? Why does it actually begin on that yeah. day? Lent actually is is a season of forty days, right? So if you just count and recognize that the Sundays, although they are in Lent, are not of Lent. Sure. If you listen, to, if you look at the names, you see that's kind of very carefully indicated. So if you count back 40 days for the fast, the 40, and by the way, Lent is an English word. The German word was Fastensite, fasting. Oh, that, that word sucks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Great word. We did use um, that. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, so we, uh, we, we have 40 days, just like Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, Moses on the mountain, 40 sure. days, 40 nights. I mean, all the 40s of Scripture, you see that running through there. Lent is observed as a season of this fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, the three big disciplines of Lent that uh, the Church observes, uh, that we might grow in those graces during these um, days, and especially to devote these days to the listening to the story of the Passion of Christ. Absolutely. Now, speaking of... Uh... You know, when you think about Lent, you know, sometimes people, what's, what's, what's with this, uh, what's the definitive word and minute or two on this whole giving up stuff for Lent? And where did oh, that you know, there's from? an art. There's an article in the Lutheran Witness for March, it's not out yet, <laughs> on When You Fast, written by yours truly, um, that, that talks about this. You know, I think the thing is people here, they, they, this giving up stuff for Lent is already sort of off the ballpark because, w- w- frankly, it's usually a question. What are you giving up for Lent? Right. As a chance to tell people what you're giving up for Lent. Jesus says if you're fasting, don't talk about it. Right. Um, my, my suggestion is that you know, unlike the, the the Roman Catholic and Orthodox that have all these very tight fasting rules about how you are to do the, the certain kind of foods you are to avoid, well, fast just means go hungry. So I suggest instead that people, if you're going to fast, just skip the meal, spend the time in prayer, take the money you would normally have spent on the meal, and use it to be a blessing to somebody else. Give it away. There you uh, go. That, I think, is a great way to get into the Lenten fast. We had a deal with this in college during Lent at uh, Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington, and everybody fasted 
Um, and they just, they, so they gave their, whatever their meal plan money went to a local charity or whatever, which was pretty cool. Excellent. But then everybody went out and ordered yeah. pizza anyways. So it, was, <laughs> it wasn't terribly spiritual, uh, but it looked good. So. <laughs> well, I tell you, the, the idea of, of the fasting that is so really cool, it helps us remember the truth of what Jesus reminded Satan of um, when he quoted Deuteronomy. You know, man does not live by bread alone. Man, you know, what, is there something that we do live by alone? The answer is yes, the Word of God. We, our life literally hangs on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so to devote that time to, to what really matters to Absolutely. those words and to ponder them, hold on to them, think about them, that's a great thing. In reality, it's about thy strong word, right? As, uh, right. As perfect words as we get ready to head into the first Sunday of Lent, too, with Jesus being led into the wilderness. But yeah. today, yeah. today yeah. is also... The commemoration of St. Valentine, martyr. So we have this confluence of Ash Wednesday and St. Valentine. Just a little bit. Tell us, what's the back, What's the real story about Valentine? Well, you know, there, there's a book on that called <laughs> Celebrating the Saints. Really, uh, really? Who's the author of this? It, 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 it goes through and, and talks <laughs> about each of the saints' days. And when you get to the to February 14th, we have to fess up first thing. There's a lot we don't know about this guy. Sure. In fact, already all the way, 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 way back in time, Pope Galatius, he could write, you know, Valentine is among those whose names are justly reverenced among men, but whose acts are known only to God. So we have traditions that much later grew up about him, and that's where, of course, the story comes from about the little note to the jailer's daughter that he is, he's getting ready to die in the shape of a heart to, to give her courage and to, to comfort her. According to tradition, he was both a, a priest and a doctor, so a body, uh, you know, a physician of body and soul, if you will, wow. just like our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and and, and he, he faced his death happily. But, you know, what, what's really more important about him is his obscurity, that even when when we've forgotten and don't know the full story of, of a given saint, even just knowing that their name, we remember that there is one who remembers and knows the whole story, just like he knows us. You know, going to remember us in 100 years from now, Marcus? <laughs> we're going to be what? Entry. We're the chancellors. Of course first, they're going to remember you know? us. <laughs> no, they're not going to know. They're not going to care. And, and, but, but there is one who does remember and who does care. And the church's calendar, by lifting up some of these people, helps us remember that. Um, you know, we even have a hymn about it. Uh, we sing for all the unsung saints. Well, in many ways, St. Valentine, even though he has his day, which has been hijacked by the secular world, is very much uh, one of the unsung saints of, of the church. And we remember that this guy associated with love. He, he, he's associated with love because of his great witness to the Lord Jesus as the one who is the giver of a love that well, we just had it uh, in the one-year series this past Sunday. Um, love never ends. That's Christ's love. It never ends. Beautiful. Absolutely. So since this has been hijacked by the secular world, are you not going to give your uh, wife a valentine? My wife, I, okay, here's, here's my confession. My wife and I both think Valentine's Day, as, as, as absconded by Hallmark, is so stupid that we can't stand it. But we do use it as an opportunity sometime around the day to actually go out and grab a, a, a nice dinner together. Uh, we're going out tonight, actually. Uh, my wife is watching the grandkids, or some of the grandkids right now, and then when, when I get home, we'll uh, uh, see them off to their home, and then we are going to go have 
a nice uh, romantic meal, just the two of us. Which you don't actually need a day like Valentine's Day to do, right? I mean, you could do that any day. Absolutely. But especially this year, since Ash Wednesday um, falls on uh, uh, tonight, actually. Um, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of funky stuff going on out there because it's Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day. You know, you have this uh, this relationship. I mean, if you were going to preach, maybe you are preaching, I don't know, on, on Ash Wednesday, but what, what kind of handles would you, I mean, it kind of it seems like something that you should kind of address because people like, Pastor, did you know it's Valentine's Day? What would you suggest to the guys out there last second here as they're getting ready to preach on a topic like, like you know, in terms of repentance when here it's Valentine's Day as well? <laughs> You know, if you're following the old rules of the liturgical calendar, it's really easy. (laughs) No, I know. uh, St. Valentine's Day just disappears this year in the light of uh, of Ash Wednesday. But you know the guys out there. I don't know if you know. I'm pretty perceptive. People do silly stuff out there, and they're at least going to try to tie it into the you know, oh, the you know. sermon. Oh, come on. There if will I be were, guys out uh, there. You know it. We yeah, will see yeah. pictures. I'm going to call it right now. We will see pictures out there of people putting ashes on foreheads, not on the sign of a cross, but of a heart. Oh, no way. Yes, it's going to happen. <laughs> I predict it. I am prophetic. Uh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> um, what what I do think is is something that does tie together if if we can sort of set aside the secular idea of what love is, this ooey-gooey feeling that leads to the stupidity of like Romeo and Juliet, where people think that's some sort of a great – I mean, that's, that's, that is that is Shakespeare's – can you believe how stupid – the stupid things people do when they're in love? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I set that aside and look at what love really is. Then you go, oh, there really is a connection between Ash Wednesday and, and Valentine's Day. Hmm. This is – this is, I mean, Lynn itself is the call for us to come back to love. I, I am a, a personal discipline that I do where I, I try to listen to the, um, the scriptures on Audible. I, I start at the beginning of pre-Lent, and I just run all the way through as fast as I can um, listening to them, just, you know, just letting them sweep over, right? So I'm listening today as I'm doing my workout, and the, the, the words really hit me from 2 Corinthians 16. Like, I'm like, have I ever noticed that that's there before? Be watchful. You mean Second Corinthians? I mean, it's 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 right after no, First, First Corinthians. First Corinthians sixteen. <laughs> okay. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Ooh. Be strong. And this is the major verse. Let all that you do be done in love. And I thought, boy, that little verse. Let all that you do be done in love. That is the perfect summary of everything the New Testament would ever teach us about what it is to, to live our lives according to the will of God. The, the will of God for our lives is to do things in love. Well, I mean, love the Lord your everything. God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about love. And love is the fulfillment of the law, there right? There you go. Absolutely. So how do you tie so, that into Valentine's Day then? I mean, not, not Valentine's, but the relationship. What is the relationship between repentance and... And love. You said it's about about coming home. So how does repentance coming tie into this home coming home? Coming home to love. Love is what we were made for. 
Love is what God, I mean, God created us that he might love us and share his love with us and that we might delight in his love and freely share it with each other. And repentance is recognizing every time we've turned away from that, every time. And we recognize we're born turned away from it, but in baptism, in our baptism into Christ, we've literally been dumped into that love. Again, we've been returned to it. And yet time after time, we've lived as if Christ had not died for our sins or our neighbor's sins, and as though he had not been raised from the dead, and death had not been destroyed, and we've been selfish and stupid and fearful, and all the things that lead us away from love. And Lent is this beautiful gift that calls us, hey, people, get a grip, come back to love. The return to God is a return to love. For First John 4 says, God is love. Wow. So much fantabulousness, I can't even contain myself. That's beautiful. And, you know, when you think about it, when you think about people dishing out little valentines and their little sweet tarts and all that kind of stuff, shaped like hearts, I mean, the greatest thing you can do is really to bring back some, brings, is to help lead someone back home uh, to repent of their Man. sins so that they can Isn't that beautiful? love. Uh, I mean, that's the that, I mean, that's it. Be, be my Valentine. Right. Is grab, a, grab a hold of them and says, come with me to church tonight. Be I, my I, Valentine. I, I, I repent. You, 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 have, you, have, you have a secret lover that you don't know about who's loved you from before time began and who has given you a gift that is so mind-blowing that you will spend eternity with your jaw on the ground just am amazed at love. Come home and let me introduce you to your Valentine. Yeah, yeah that's Lent. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. So any last thoughts about uh, Lent or Valentine's Day or uh, the season of Lent going forward? I, I have one last little thing I want to throw at you here. But uh, any last thoughts on the season of Lent as our listeners are getting ready to begin? I would just urge you, savor it. Slow down and savor it. We're, we're so busy. We're so distracted. We're so rushing. This is a time to not rush. Plant your butt in the pew at the end of the day, at the midweek service, and listen. Let it just flow over you. And rejoice in this love that's going to be held in front of you all throughout this season. Yeah. Excellent. So um, you mentioned uh, this, this book about the commemoration of saints. Now, you wrote this book, and it's by CPH. What is it exactly called again? It's called Celebrating the Saints. And that is a fantastic—you just go right to cph.org, and you can find it there. It's fantastic. Another resource for people if they want to get to know a little bit. You know, they can go through the Treasury of Daily Prayer. Any other resources that you oh, think yeah. are especially helpful yeah. for these types of things? Um, Treasury of Daily Prayer is, I, I mean, I've got to give a call out to that, too. I mean, you, you, I know you just did, but I want to, amen that. That is such a, a rich resource. Um, I, my wife and I couldn't imagine starting a day without having our coffee at hand and the treasury opened in front of us. That's how days begin for us. And, and it just is so beautiful the way it guides you through the church here. Last question, and you are a font of liturgical wisdom. This is there's it's kind of weird how this is setting up with the calendar this year. Uh, so we have another kind of an odd confluence this uh, Easter Sunday. I think this happened like what a decade or so ago actually is yeah, going to fall so. on April 1st. Now, April, well, Fool's. April <laughs> Fool's Day is the same day as the resurrection of our Lord. 
you know, so that guy's got a little time to think about this. How should we make, I mean, obviously when you think about the, I mean, how, how would you encourage the brothers out there and others uh, to, to, to ponder that reality? Because I bet we're going to see this stepped up by the atheist groups and whatnot. Any thoughts on okay. the April 1st and Easter? If, 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 what I would encourage you to do, if, if, plug in the book again, on celebrating the saints, there's a sermon in there for Easter that I would encourage you to read and think about. Because Easter, in the mind of the ancient church, was above all an April Fool's joke on the devil. <laughs> you know, you, you thought, you really thought that by, by, by having death devour the Son of God, that you were going to triumph? You had no idea. I mean, he, he swallowed death and found heaven. You know, I mean, th- this, this theme is just constant in the early church. So that what happens is into death itself goes life so big that it bursts a hole right through death. And death will never be able to close that hole ever again. And Jesus promises, I'm going to bring you right through that hole. I busted a hole through it. It's not going to be able to separate you from me. It's like and a prison this break. This is the greatest April Fool of all. Yeah, it's a prison break. Ah, sucks yeah. to be Satan. It really does. In the end, that's. I mean, anyways. Well, that's fantastic. I. I it's just kind of interesting how all these things lined up like this this year. But, uh, anyways, great to have you with us. God's blessings to you and your uh, forty-day journey in Lent as it begins here today and tonight, and to everybody listening out there. William. Chancellor Whedon, thanks for joining us today, my friend. Hey, Chancellor, I'm happy to be with you today. God God blessing on your Lent, too. Well, that's all we have time for here today on the campus of LCMSU. God's blessings during your Lenten pilgrimage. Remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.